Hello, my pumpkins. This is Chloe Taylor, and welcome to Authentic and Unapologetic. Here, we explore spirituality and psychology. It is my goal with this podcast to remind you that when you stand tall in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Hello there, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I tried to make this in video format a little while ago, and it was just not, I just could not. It was all over the place. I felt very vulnerable, and I've kind of been bumping up against that a lot lately, like feeling a lot of vulnerability and feeling like I shouldn't share certain things, and I'm not really entirely sure what that is about. I haven't sifted or gone into that part yet of myself, but today I really wanted to give a very like candid mental health update and also talk about like being spiritual and struggling with mental health. Because I think that a lot of people think that if you're not like high vibrational 24 seven, and if you're not like you haven't manifested away your ADHD or your depression, then there's like something wrong with you. And ultimately, I think this is something that creates a lot of shame. And it actually keeps people from getting the help that they need or desire. And I don't think it's anything to be shameful about. And so today I want to have just a really honest conversation about kind of what's been going on with me and where I'm at with like spirituality and like basically mental health. And I think ultimately I want to focus on like what I'm doing to recover at this point. And I'm not saying that I have the Holy Grail answers for everyone. Um, In fact, I know that I don't. Everybody's um, everybody's way of, of working with their mental health is going to be different. And what works for one person doesn't always work for another person. And so that's not my goal here today with this episode. It's really just to shed some light on mental health and spirituality. And also just kind of tell y'all what's up, because I feel like with this community that we've built, that is so incredible. And I'm so blessed and grateful to get to have this community. It means the world to me. I'm truly so honored, whether it be on the podcast, the YouTube channel, um, the Twitch community that we haven't streamed on in forever, um, the Instagram, the TikTok, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. But I, I realize that I do feel like I have a lot of pressure on my shoulders. And that's kind of the thing is like, you know, with great response, with great power comes great responsibility. And I feel like I've really kind of had to step down and to step back. And that's been hard. And basically, I first also want to say if talking about mental health is triggering to you in any way, please, please skip this week's podcast. If you don't want to listen to it, if you don't think the content is going to be helpful right now, if it's going to hinder your own progress, I would encourage you not to listen to it. That's never my goal is to hinder somebody else's journey or their progress in their own mental health workings. And so please like just come back next week if you feel that way. And I, I totally respect it. You know, I, I would rather you not listen in if it was going to be hurtful towards you. Um, basically though, I'm going to be talking about my experience and what I'm doing to recover. So 
back in and I like some of y'all if you're on the Patreon some of you kind of know because I've mentioned it here and there but and I've also mentioned like Saturn return updates and things like that on the podcast so some of you kind of have a grasp of it but I haven't really aired anything anywhere fully and I just feel like it's really important to shed light <laughs> um I think it's me trying to justify it to myself more than anything but Basically, back in June, I had a panic attack, and I've never before experienced that in my entire life. Um, you know, I, I've I've dealt with what I believe is severe anxiety for a long time, and I just wasn't really ready to face that. I knew that I had anxiety, but I don't think I realized how bad it was. And I shouldn't even label it as bad. It's it's not. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's coming up for a reason. We have triggers to help us identify where the healing needs to be done. At least that's what I believe for myself. And back in like, I want to say it was like middle of June or so, I had a panic attack and it was the scariest thing I've ever experienced in my life. It honestly makes me want to cry just talking about it so openly because like, I've heard people talk about like having panic attacks and I just don't think I really understood. I didn't, I did not understand. I did not understand how scary that can be, how it can also force you to feel those things over and over after that. And basically I had a panic attack. I woke up from a nap just immediately in it and I didn't know what was wrong. I was so scared. And I'd also been like cutting off circulation in parts of my body while I was sleeping. And I think that just, that was really what, what ensued the panic so intensely is I had, you know, I, I felt like I was missing blood flow, like all over my body. And I woke up that way. And so I, my heart rate, my husband said he could hear my heart across the room, like and our living room is pretty large. Like he could hear my heartbeat from across the room. It was so loud and blood obviously was trying to get back circulated to my body. And I was panicking and I just kept telling my husband, I'm, I don't know what's wrong. Something's not right. I don't feel right. Something feels wrong. And I remember saying in this moment, I'm not ready to die. I have so much more that I want to do because I, I literally thought I was going to die because I'd never felt this before. And I said, I'm not ready to die. I'm, t I'm not ready. I just kept repeating that. I'm not ready. I, I don't want to die. And my husband got on the phone with paramedics <laughs> and sent the paramedics to our house. And they basically checked everything. I was fine. Just really like anxious. And they told me like, I think what you're experiencing is a panic attack. And I'd calmed down quite a bit by the time they got to our house. And I was like, what? No, like, no, I, I was sleeping. How are you going to tell me that that's what happened? No, that something's wrong. Like you need to look at my heart. Something's wrong. And they took like an image of my heart or whatever that machine is that they bring with them. Everything looked good. They said everything was pumping correctly. It all looked good. They showed it to me on the screen. And I just want to interject right here and say, I hope for the love of fucking the goddess that... Someday, I hope in my lifetime, we get to see a mental health and 
physical health come together. I hope we get to see that because I would love if they had like, I don't understand why we don't do this, but I feel like it is so important that we provide trauma therapists with like ride-alongs with paramedics. I don't know why we as people decided that when people are in crisis, that there shouldn't be somebody who is a trained professional in trauma there or giving paramedics the training that they need to help people in trauma and in crisis. Because I feel like my experience would have been dramatically different if that had happened. And nobody was mean to me. Like they were super nice. I'm not trying to say that anybody like made fun of me or mocked me. That didn't happen. But I do feel like I was so confused. And so, you know, they left. I didn't go in the ambulance. I didn't go to the doctor. And they just told me like, get some fresh air, relax today, like take care of you and you're going to be fine. So because there was no come down from this intense feeling, I had three more panic attacks the same week. Oh gosh, I'm so, I, it's been such a long time since I've had a panic attack. Like it's been like almost a couple of months, but just thinking about that time is just so like, again, I just want to say to anybody that deals with this all the time, I have so much more compassion than and not to say that I was ever like highly judgmental of somebody's experience, but I have so much more compassion and empathy for people that deal with this all the time because I can't even imagine that week was hell. So I had like a few more and, you know, thankfully I have such a great support system around me. I really do. I have a very extremely loving, caring, supportive, doting spouse. I have my best friend literally um, was like in school to be a therapist and has so many tools that has have been given to me because of that. Um, I'm grateful that I, I have read so much self-help and psychology over the last five years or so. I'm, you know, I'm grateful for all of the tools that I have, because I think without a lot of those things, this would be so much worse. And I just, I don't know. I guess I just needed to say that. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. My emotions are everywhere. Let me get a sip of my, I got some decaf coffee with some pumpkin spice creamer because yes, I am that bitch. Mm. So um, during like the second and third panic attack, after I had like voiced some of my concerns, I'd talked to even my best friend about it, who is editing this podcast. You're a queen. She's also my assistant. Um, you know, I, I was basically given a lot of information on like, you know, when I, when you feel that way, you need to engage your senses, bring your senses back to yourself, because what's happening is you are like, we're not engaging with the self and being present when that's happening. We're panicking about the future. And so I would get like ice out of my freezer in the middle of a panic attack and just start like rubbing my arms to bring that sensory back. And that actually did work. I was able to work through the panic attacks mostly on my own. My husband was there, but it would always happen really late at night. And sometimes he would be asleep. And I had so many sleepless nights. Like I would put Teal Swan on on the background because I think she has a really calming voice. And I would just listen to Teal Swan all night. Like just talk, her talk about anything would put me to sleep. So 
sleep was, has been really hard over the last couple of months, like harder than I think it ever has been in my whole life. Sleep has been very difficult. And I also, from that experience, like we went to Washington, which many of you know, I think I've discussed it. Um, my husband and I were moving to Washington in the fall. Um, we already have like a lease signed. We've got the moving truck prepared. Like we're going, it's, it's a done deal in my eyes, but it's like going to Washington to visit and look for an apartment. This kind of happened like a few weeks after that. I want to say we went to Washington. I think it was end of July. So I'd been dealing with stuff. Um, actually, I'm sorry. I'm getting out of order here. I first started seeing my therapist, which this is the same therapist that I've talked about before. It's the only therapist I've ever seen. She's phenomenal. I love her. Um, if you're listening, my therapist, I doubt that you are. But if you ever are, you're phenomenal. Phenomenal. You are doing the goddess's work. And I love you so much. And I'm so grateful that I have found a therapist that I clicked with immediately because I know that's really important. Um, when it comes to therapy, if we don't click with the person or we don't like them or we don't feel we can open up with them, that's like not going to help. So it's, I'm so grateful that I have a therapist that I like really jive with. And so I started going back to therapy and I would just go to my therapist's office at least for the first like three or four sessions and I would just cry and just tell her like, I don't understand what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with me. And mind you, during those first like two weeks after the panic attack, I dealt with what I believe to be depersonalization um, and almost consistently. Like there were very few pockets where I didn't feel like I – and depersonalization is like you don't feel real. You disassociate from yourself. Um, people describe it as like living in a dream. People also describe it as feeling like they're living in a simulation, like they don't feel real. And it's fucking terrifying. Like I – basically was dealing with that for about two and a half weeks after the fact. I felt like I wasn't real. There was a lot of like, anytime I would cry about it, though, I would feel more real. So like crying was actually like productive and, and good. Not that we need to focus on being productive. I think when we're healing, productivity actually is harmful. So but I felt like for my healing journey, crying was very productive. Um and push me towards healing. And then I actually ended up purchasing, and I will link this down below for y'all, because if any of you deal with depersonalization, it might help you. It might not. But it was something that helped me, I think, tremendously. There was this, it's called the depersonalization manual. I didn't read the manual. I only watched the videos that came in the course. And almost immediately after that, I stopped feeling depersonalization. Like it went away within a couple of days after that. So that was like step one. And I don't really deal with depersonalization at all anymore. Um, I love how as I'm talking about it, I'm suddenly getting scared of it though. Like it's a scary feeling. It's not fun. Um, especially if like my husband was having a hard time understanding it, which, and he, like, I kept trying to explain it to him, but he was like, what, like, why, like, isn't it okay? Like, if you're not in this reality, like what, like he was trying to like normalize it for me. And I was like, no, no, 
I am somebody that is like so practical and so grounded and feeling like I am up in the fucking clouds 24 seven is not okay. This is why I don't do reality shifting. I don't do astral projecting. I don't like stuff like that for me personally. I think it's a great tool for others that like it. And this is why you don't catch me teaching stuff about that because to me, it's scary. I don't like it. I don't like feeling like I'm not in my body. It scares me. It feels ungrounding and I'm terrified. So no, I, I, it was just not it. Anyways, beside the point. So started seeing my therapist. We would just talk about it a lot. And um, I was just so like, first of all, I definitely feel like this after I got past like the depersonalization, I felt like I fell into this like depression and anxiety cycle. And I just kept saying, like, what is even the point? What is even the point? We're all just ants. We're all just going to die someday. Like, what is even the point? Like, what is the point? And I kept, like, it just, if you've ever dealt with depression, this is why it is the silent killer. Like, it just, it feels like, I have so many Harry Potter references, but it feels like what I imagine a Dementor would feel like. Like, all of the joy is just gone from your life. You feel like you're never going to fucking be happy again. You're never going to feel good again. And that's just like, it just is such a low point. And then on top of that, the anxiety has just been out of control. And... I call it the depression and the anxiety because I really do try not to personalize myself with the, um, that's just how I choose to deal with it for me is, or work through it rather. I choose not to say my anxiety or my depression. I choose to call it the anxiety or the depression, or I'm feeling anxious or instead of I'm anxious or I'm feeling depression instead of I have depression or I am depressed. Um, I I really try to not let it have a hold over me like that, if that makes sense. I feel like words are very powerful. I mean, I'm a chaos witch. I know that we're, it's called spelling because it spells, bro, like, or lady or friend or whoever, everybody in between, okay? Pumpkin. Um, it's, lit it's literally called spell spelling because we cast spells with words. And so I try to be very careful about how I even talk about it to myself, but for like weeks. So anyway, I'm, I'm skipping over things again. Gosh, my brain is everywhere. But we go to Washington. I want to say this was towards the end of July. Like we went in July and we went to go scout out an apartment, which we did find. And I'm, I, I am excited to move. I'm definitely feeling anxious and feeling excited though. It's two things. Um, but in Washington, I have never felt anxiety like that. I Felt like I could not catch my breath. I felt like I was ready to literally climb the walls. Like, I don't know how else to explain that to you other than I was just on such a fucking high for at least the first, like, I couldn't pack my bag. Like, I, my husband had to help me because I was such a mess. Like, I just was crying every two minutes and feeling like I couldn't breathe, feeling like everything just... I don't even know. I, I don't know. Like to this day, I'm still working to understand what was happening to me or for me because I'm still kind of confused about it. But when we like, I think my problem was, is I wasn't just allowing, I wasn't allowing myself to feel anxiety. I wasn't allowing myself to feel sad. 
or to feel the feelings of depression. And I was just judging myself at every turn. Why aren't I happy? I've wanted to go to Washington forever. I've wanted to move there forever. Like it has been on my radar. And why can't I just feel joy about this process? And it was hard while we were there. There were several times where I couldn't sleep because I had like feelings of anxiety. There was a lot of me um, like needing to listen to my my mommy teal swan that's what i call her because her voice again i find very soothing so i watch a lot of her content when i can't sleep and just there was just a lot like even though we spent time with friends in the area and those times were always really good and i felt good there was a lot of downtime where i did not feel good and my bestie once again coming through I don't, I honestly don't know what I would do without my best friend in this lifetime. I really don't like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I would have done, but like the first day that we arrived, I do feel like I was able to come down a little bit because I, I texted my best friend and I was like, Hillary, I am just not okay. I don't know what's wrong. I can't stop crying. I am so worried about everything. I feel like overstimulated, overwhelmed. I've, ne- I've never felt like this much anxiety before. And so we pulled up FaceTime, me and my bestie, and she was like, Chloe, let's do some deep breathing. Let me lead you through this guided meditation and like give you some tools that you now will get to have when you're feeling this way. And like queen, my queen, Hillary, that is editing this podcast, like if that's allowed, you really should make that an audio because I would listen to it like like do a series. I'm ready. I need it in my life. I think it would be so helpful. Um, but led me through some stuff, gave me some tools to like keep on my trip that my husband also, I gave to him and he helped me do deep breathing as well. And it was just, it was hard. It was just hard, (laughs) but got through it, found an apartment that I'm really crazy about. I can't wait to move there. I can't wait to film videos there. I can't wait to vlog there. Like it's going to be it. I can't wait. Like I'm going to have my own office space and I will get to do like tarot card readings in my own space. I am so mother trucking excited, but also feeling anxious. So that was difficult. Then I came home, um, continued seeing my therapist. I've been seeing my therapist, I think, since... I don't know if it was early July. I can't remember exactly when I started seeing her, but I've seen her for several sessions at this point. And maybe like a week, two weeks ago, which when you're hearing this, it's been even longer. This gets, this is being recorded in the middle of August. You're going to hear it in the middle of September. So it's been even a month since this has been recorded. But um, I... I decided, and this was, this is what I really wanted to get to in this podcast. I needed to give you the backstory so you could kind of understand what the hell has been going on, but I needed to basically come to terms with the fact that this is going to take more time than I would like it to, (laughs) that I need to probably be more comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's giving me the opportunity to heal parts of myself that I've never known needed to be healed. And I'm going to get more into that part too. But I first want to interject here with um, talking just a little bit about 
basically the like pharmaceuticals, spirituality, mental health from my perspective, because there's just a lot. And people have asked me about this on my Instagram, like, and this is something that I think needs to be talked about and not enough people in the spiritual community are saying it. And I want to talk about it. So first, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors, and then we are going to talk about it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so I want to talk about being spiritual and pharmaceuticals, because I think there is this really inappropriate, in my opinion, stigma that if you can't vibe your fucking way out of what you're feeling mentally, that you're somehow broken, and there's something wrong with you, and you need more healing, and you need to do it this way. Now, I will never be the person that is going to demonize pharmaceuticals to you. I think that they have their time. They have their place. I think they're helpful. But for myself, the one thing I will say is for my body, for me, everybody can do what they need to for their own body. I do not believe in pharmaceuticals for the long term. I think that it is totally acceptable to spend six, nine months, a year for myself on pharmaceuticals to, and when I say pharmaceuticals, I'm talking about like antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication. Um, I think it's okay to use that tool when you are not okay and you need extra help. And this is something I have really grappled with over the last couple of weeks since I started taking antidepressants. Because I always told myself, like, no, I can just, like, meditate my way out of it. I can just, like, journal my way out of it. I can do this or do that. And don't get me wrong. Those tools are great. And I want to talk more about that, too. But we have to stop demonizing in our culture everything about mental health. Literally everything. We need to stop demonizing people feeling through their trauma. We need to stop demonizing when people need antidepressants or anti-anxiety or whatevers and let people get the help that they feel like they need to get. Because that's, to me, and the reason why I waited so long to go on antidepressants because I fought with this decision. I fought with this decision for probably almost a month and was like, no, like I should be able to get myself out of this. I've dealt with so many things in my life. I can make it through this one too. I don't need that. I have all these tools in my toolbox. I have, you know, I even bought like a supplement that is helpful, but I don't think, I don't even know exactly where I made the decision, but I finally was like, you know what? I'm not okay. I don't feel okay. And last time I felt this low in like 2017, 2018, I went on antidepressants and guess fucking what? My life got better. I felt better. And then I was able to go off antidepressants and off anti-anxiety medication, or I only really keep anxiety medication around as needed. That's kind of how I just approach it. I don't like to take it every day if I don't have to, but I 
I believe in that for myself. I believe in, you know, of course, big pharma, there is so much more that goes into that that makes them shitty. But I'm talking about today, not all of that. I'm talking about today getting the help that you think you need and not letting people spiritually shame you out of it and feel like you shouldn't do that or can't do that. Or, you know, if you feel like you need that kind of help, then I would say get it, seek it. I think it's so important to take your healing journey into your own hands. And I honestly feel that, you know, they always say like antidepressants take like four to six weeks and maybe it's a fucking placebo. Okay. I will openly admit to that. Maybe it is a placebo and we know that our bodies are strong placebos. Maybe it is a placebo, but I've been on antidepressants for over a week now and it could literally be chemically impossible, but I fucking feel better. I feel better. My depression has dropped. Like there is this um, scoring card that my psychiatrist gives to me that, um, and I believe it's helpful because it helps me to see how far I've come, which is good. And it helps them to also gauge like, is the treatment working? If it's not working, what can we do? You know? So um, I, in just this first week, my depression has dramatically increased. So, or decreased, sorry, decreased. And the depression to me has been the real killer. Like anxiety, don't like her, don't want her around. But I feel like I've also been living with severe anxiety for a very long time. And I want to face it. I want to work through it. I want to take control of my peace. And I don't think I can do that without... um being in this place that I'm in right now. I think that it's brought that to the surface for me and made me realize that I've been running from this for a very long time. The depression was totally blindsided me. I have not dealt with depression in several years and that literally blindsided the shit out of me. Like I haven't felt that hopeless in three or four years. And I wasn't like, again, I know I put a trigger warning on this podcast, but like I do, I am going to mention like suicide. And so please, you know, if that's something that also makes you uncomfortable, you know, you can skip ahead several minutes or choose to come back next week for a different episode. But I wasn't dealing with suicide ideation. Like I wasn't planning my suicide or anything like that. Um, I've actually don't think I've ever experienced that personally. Um, but there was definitely a lot of, again, that what is the point? we're all just ants. We're just going to die. What is the point? What is the point? What is the point? What is the point? And I kept telling myself, if I have to feel like this forever, like if this is the new normal, this unhappy, this, ang this anxiety, like I would rather be dead. I would rather not be here. This is fucking miserable. I would rather not deal with this. And that to me was scaring me. And so I made the conscious decision to get in touch with a psychiatrist. And I think I'm on like the lowest dose that they give out. And so far, I think it's working really well for me. So I don't really see a need to increase. Um, the anxiety medication is not really doing shit for me. And that is something that I'm still kind of on the fence for myself with the anxiety medication, because I do feel like for me in my own experience, that a lot of anxiety medication kind of keeps you from feeling and I also feel like going in and doing this deep work, which I will touch on next, going in and doing this deep work for myself, I kind of need to feel. I can't just 
zone out 24-7. It's not going to help me in this process. However, I think that anxiety medication, again, for myself, I am willing to have it as a life raft. I am willing when it feels too overwhelming, when I feel like I need a fucking break, I am willing to have something that is there to help me to calm down. Um, but it's not, and I've been that way with anxiety medication, even when I took it back in 2017, like I only ever took it as needed. I would never, mostly because it made me not feel, and I don't really enjoy that feeling personally. So, um, anywho, now that you kind of understand where I've been and how fucking hard this has been and like, I, again, I can't even express how much more compassion this experience has given me. And I, I believe that I'm already a pretty compassionate person, but I do feel like it has allowed me such a more widened scope of compassion that I maybe didn't have before. Um, but, and I'm going to talk about my bestie again. She's such a queen. I literally, one of the best, like, helpful tools I have is my support system, the people around me that are there. And, um, my, my bestie, um, I don't remember what got us on the topic, but we were talking about, um, basically advocating for your own healing journey. And I don't even remember exactly what was said. So I'll kind of like cliff notes that, but like, these may not be exact words, but the gist of what my understanding was, was, you know, I, I, I was telling her like, you know, I, I feel like I should be meditating. I feel like I should be journaling, but I have such a resistance to it and I'm not doing it. And she said something to the effect, but not in these words, I'm sure of like, or no, I think I asked her specifically, like, how do you feel like you healed when you deal with things like this? And, or when you've dealt with things like this? And her answer was that she started to advocate for her own healing journey. And that, you know, when there was resistance, she would lean in instead of push away. And that just really spoke volumes to me. And I was like, Oh, well, no shit, Chloe. I sit here, you know, I'm as somebody that loves to help the collective. I love learning about psychology. I'm like, literally the definition right now. I don't think I've always been this way. But currently in my life, or actually, maybe like a week ago, (laughs) a week ago, I was the perfect definition of the healer that could heal everybody but themselves. And I just realized, you know, all the stuff that I coach other people on, all the stuff that comes out in readings that I do, all the stuff that's in the podcasts here, obviously I do those things and I have experience with them, but I've never needed to rely on those tools so heavily. I've never needed to make a routine around them. I've never needed to put myself first so much before. And I feel like with this experience, what I am learning is I have to choose me first every single time. (laughs) And maybe for some of y'all that's easy, but for someone like me, it's not. I actually don't think I choose myself first every single time. I am used to always being the life raft for other people. I am used to always being like, even from a really young age, I had friends that would tell me like, you're the advice guru, Chloe. I come to you for advice. Like, that's just what I do. And I'm used to not always putting myself first. Now there are times where I have, but right now it is critical for me 
that I have to be the number one priority in my own life right now. And I feel like that's kind of how it always should be. But even before work, even before this podcast, even before friends, family, spouse, housework, before everything, I have to be first right now. And I'm not used to that. It's scary. I have resistance to it, but I'm doing it anyways. And I've already noticed within a week of putting things into practice, how much better I feel. And I hope that like, if any of y'all have experienced this, anything like this, whether it's moderate, mild, however, I want you to know that when you do the work, it's called work because it's work. But when you do the work that is in alignment with you, because again, my process isn't probably going to be the same as yours, but when you do the work and you show up for yourself every day, you will get better. I believe that in myself. I believe that for you. And when I say the work, let me give you kind of an outline, I guess, of what I've been doing. Let me get a little more of this coffee. It's going to get cold. So the first thing I really started doing was connecting with my breath. And that has probably been the biggest helper through everything that I've been going through. Connecting with the breath has been my number one. And it's the thing that always brings me back. It's the thing that calms my nerves. It's the thing that calms the anxiety. And I have been really focused on that. So I actually got, and this is not sponsored. I've just been using it. Um, I got Headspace. If any of you have ever heard of that, it's like a meditation app and it counts your streak. It counts your minutes of meditation. They have so many cool features. I think I actually am going to pay for it. Like I just, I've been using the trial version right now because I think they have like a week trial and then it's $12.99 a month. And I think I'm actually going to pay for it because I've enjoyed it immensely. Um, They have so many cool things. Like they have meditations for almost anything you could think of. And they're short meditations, which I think as you're getting into meditation, if you're not somebody who does it every day, which I was not, um, it's easier to start small. And they have a meditation for almost everything. But my favorite thing about the app, especially those of you that have a hard time sleeping, I get really bad um, or I feel really bad like nighttime anxiety. Specifically, it comes out the worst at night. Um, I find that their meditations and they have like soothing stories with like soft rain sounds in the back. They have like a bunch of sleep features basically. And I love them. Last night I was up until after four in the morning. Couldn't sleep. Um, I didn't even have anxiety. It was actually really weird. Um, last night, just as like an introductory story. Um, last night was the first, actually, I kind of want to save that story till the end because it's actually like really positive and really beautiful. So I want to keep the, um, I want to keep that for the end. So actually, we'll come back to that. <laughs> so anyways, I've been using Headspace and I really like it. And I feel like it's it's helping me to reconnect with my breath, reconnect with myself. Um, also, the, the breathing techniques that my best friend gave me when I was in Washington, I still use at least one of those. There were a few that she gave me. Um, I use breathing techniques. I take antidepressants at this point and anxiety medication. I don't really like the medication I'm on and I I've requested a review already and I don't know how I feel about anxiety, anxiety medication. I'm still kind of on the fence about a lot of that, but the depression medication, again, even if it's a placebo, I don't care. I feel like it works and I'm feeling better. Um, 
but I've been meditating and I've also been, anytime I feel resistance about something, I've been leaning into it. And that is probably the hardest part of this whole thing is if you have a resistance to journal or every excuse as to why you can't do it, if you feel called to it, that is a sign you should do it. If you feel a resistance to meditation and think you can't do it, but you feel called to it, that is a sign that you should do it. Um, I don't know who needs to hear these things, but the other thing that I have learned this week in particular that I actually think was helpful, but it can be kind of hurtful, I think, if you're not in the right place to receive this. So just take what I say with a grain of salt. Um, nobody's coming to save you or me. Like, I used to think before I started working on myself and really putting in the intentional work and showing up for me that I was going to find some guru. I was going to find some book. I was going to find some magical meditation. I was going to learn Reiki and learn how to heal myself that way. You know, I used to think that I was going to find something and that would be it. I would be cured. I would feel better. And the thing is, yes, those things are so helpful and we need them. But you have to save yourself. You have to do the work. Nobody is going to come and save you. And that has been a huge thing for me in realizing, oh, I have to save me. I have to be the one that puts me first. I have to be the one that stops giving myself excuses as to why I can't do things. I have to be the one that sits down in meditation when I don't fucking want to. I have to be the one that does the journaling on shadow work. I have to be the one that reads the books that are helping me. Nobody is going to do that shit for you. And it almost makes me want to like shake past me because I think I could have also saved myself a lot of grief if I had just committed to myself early on, but I wasn't ready. I couldn't see it. And now, yes, I'm still struggling. Yes, I'm still suffering. Yes, I'm still hurting, but it's getting easier. And to end this podcast on a really high note, I want to share this story and I'm probably going to fucking cry about it because it was, it was so beautiful. And I don't even think I've told my bestie about it yet. So if she's editing this podcast, I think she will appreciate. But um, I, if she's editing this podcast, like she's not doing it. Yes, she is editing this podcast. But um, <laughs> yesterday, now mind you, I had that panic attack. I want to say like mid-June. Okay, so it's been, gosh, let me look at a calendar. I want to know how many weeks since this has transpired. Okay, this is like how many weeks I have felt like I've been on fire. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We are going on nine weeks, friends, of me feeling like I'm living in hell. And last night, for the first time in nine weeks, I felt it. I felt joy. I felt creative. I felt inspired. I felt like I wanted to do something again. I felt, and I felt it, I was driving home from therapy and I was like, oh, I feel it. There it is. That, and this is the thing that like, I've been saying to my husband over and over and over and over, like, I just want to be happy. I just want to be inspired. I just want to feel motivated. I feel like all of the joy has been like sucked out of me. And don't get me wrong. Like when I read tarot cards or things like that, like I, 
I feel correct in that moment. But once I'm out of that, it just comes right back to here, this like joyless place. And I felt it. I was like, oh my God, like I'm healing. I'm I'm doing the work and it's working. Oh my God. Like I can't believe it. And so I like I went home and like I was still in a really good mood. And um I, I talked to my bestie that night. We got on FaceTime. We were talking for a little bit. It was fabulous. I didn't even want to get off the phone. Um, we didn't want to get off the phone, but it was getting late for everybody. And there was a point in that conversation where I got up to go to the bathroom. And I was looking at myself in the mirror while I was washing my hands and it just, I just feel like I really saw myself and I went, oh, there you are. Welcome back. And like I said, those things to myself, like looking at myself, there you are. Welcome back. It's good to have you here. And it just felt so correct. You know, I feel like I've been really living in this hopeless place for so many weeks, feeling like it was never going to end. And I don't think I'm healed at this point. I don't think I'll ever be fully healed, not from this scenario. Like I think there's just always more healing to do, more learning to do, more work to do. And I think anybody who says that they've transcended that is full of shit. But this is the first time in nine weeks that I felt like I I feel like I've made a breakthrough. I feel like something has shifted. I'm changing. And I'm again, I don't feel 100% better. I definitely still have a lot of the anxiety. The anxiety has is definitely the worst right now. Like my anxiety actually has escalated. Like from checking in with my psychiatrist, my anxiety is actually worse than it was. Um, but I do feel like the depression is getting under control and that's good. I would, if I had to choose, I would definitely take anxiety over depression. I mean, I would rather have neither. I mean, I would rather feel neither, but if I had to pick one, I definitely take the anxiety over the depression. The depression is fucking awful. But that was like the positive story I really wanted to share. And I hope if anybody out there that is like struggling mentally or just struggling in life in general, number one, you got to start showing up for yourself. Nobody is going to do that work for you. You have to commit to you. And nobody's coming to save you. Like that's probably like the biggest takeaway for me of the week is nobody was coming to save me and I had to start doing the work. And so anyways, I don't think I even fully wrapped again, this podcast is everywhere. That's what you get when you listen to me. Okay. It's everywhere. But I guess like if I could give you like a synopsis of what I've been doing, I've been journaling every day. I do future self journaling, which is something that the holistic psychologist teaches. She gives it away for free. If you go to her website, she gives that away. I should link it down below for you. Actually, I think it's so beneficial and I've liked it. Um, I also just journal like what I'm feeling. If I'm feeling a lot of pent up anxiety or I'm feeling sad, I will journal about it and I will try to work myself through what I feel like I'm feeling. Um, and that has been so helpful. I will meditate several times a day at this point. I am meditating at least twice a day, if not more. They're shorter meditations, but it's been good for me. Um, I use that app headspace for it. I really like it. Um, I also have stopped pushing myself so hard. This is something I actually feel like I need to add in here. For those of you that try to productivity your way out, eventually that is going to catch up to you and it's going to suck when it does. And I can say that because I have just been through that. Um, 
at the height of this whole thing, I was like, oh my God, I'm moving in the fall. I have to get ahead of my schedule. If I'm not ahead of my schedule, everything's going to fall apart. Da, 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 da. So I started telling myself I had to work like five or six days a week for the next like month and a half. And that pressure was making my healing so much slower. I had so many more feelings of anxiety and it was just so much worse. (laughs) And I'm laughing at myself. And what I did is like, I actually had like this whole post-it system that I even talked about and like, it it worked for me for like three days, maybe, maybe only a day and a half. Let's be real. It worked for me for like a day and a half. And then I, I didn't realize it right away. But basically what I would do is every day I had a stack of post-its on each day of my calendar whiteboard and I would take that stack off, get everything done and whatever I didn't get done got pushed to the next day. And what happened is, is it was too much work and everything kept compounding into the next day. And then I was working weekends and I wasn't having a day off and I wasn't taking care of myself. And that led me to burnout. Literally, I have experienced burnout in the last month as well. And I do feel like I'm coming out of that as well. I feel like that's why I felt really creatively down and like I couldn't make new things and I didn't feel motivated or inspired is because I was fucking burnt out on top of it. And I think it's because I literally tried to productivity my way into healing. And the thing is, don't get me wrong, habits are good, productivity is good, but you can't productivity your way out of healing. You just can't. And it's, It was my way of trying to ignore the problem and just plow through instead of connecting with the energy that was deeply calling. And so what I did is I took every single post-it off my calendar, every single one, threw them in the trash. I'm sorry, I wasted a lot of paper doing that. Um, Put them in the trash and sorry, I just clicked my pen. That was loud. Um, Put them all in the trash. And now I just have a blank calendar on my wall. And actually it feels better. It feels correct. I'm happy I've done this. I bought a planner and now I only fill in my planner the day that it is. So like today I filled my planner in for today and I have one tiny post-it that tells me what needs to get done this week. But here's where I am leaning into my healing instead of resisting. If all of that doesn't get done this week, oh well. Like, oh well. I make my own schedule and I'm doing the best I can right now. But if it doesn't all get done, oh well. And on top of all of that, I'm also taking every Tuesday off. I don't work Tuesdays anymore. I do self-care Tuesday. Um, And I also force myself to take Saturday and Sunday off as well. So I'm not letting myself work more than four days a week. I think anything more would be detrimental to my mental health. Yes, it scares me. Yes, I'm afraid that I'm going to get behind on Patreon and everybody's going to leave. Yes, I'm afraid that it's going to hurt my YouTube channel. But this is what I mean when I say do the work and choose yourself because that's where I'm at. I have to choose me over everything else right now because if I don't, it is literally detrimental to my life. And that is the conclusion I have come to is me first right now. And so I've done that. And I do think that has helped taking several days off and just being more honest about what I need and leaning into the resistance instead of leaning, like resisting more basically. And those are kind of the things that I have been working on. And I, oh, and also like 
having a spiritual somewhat routine, I think has helped. Um, back in 2017, when I really struggled, I used to cleanse myself every day, ground myself out every day, get sunlight every day, read my tarot cards every day. And I have been striving to get back to that in the morning. And for the most part, I do feel like I do it even no matter what time of day I wake up. I, I would say the only thing I haven't really been doing is probably going outside. Like I definitely need to go outside a little bit more, but those are things that before I help others, before I record podcasts, before I work on the YouTube channel, those are the things that I'm doing and putting me before everything else, even when I'm scared, even when it's stressful and, you know, just, just doing the damn thing, just doing the damn thing. And I can't believe I am. I can't believe I can't believe it, y'all. I can't believe that I can be somebody that is what I consider so far into my spiritual and healing journey. And that this is where I am, like literally giving all of the advice on healing, but doing none of the work myself previously. And like I said, I would do the work sometimes, but now I am fully committed because what has happened is. I'm no longer allowing myself to be a victim of my circumstances. And I am asking myself, how can I honor me? How can I work towards my health? How can I be an active participant in my mental health journey instead of just thinking something or someone is going to come save me? And that has made all the difference. So again, some days are better than others. I am feeling better. Um, thank you for coming on this journey with me and letting me speak about this. And please know that you're not inherently broken. That was probably my hardest thing was I kept feeling like I was broken. Like I would ask my husband constantly. I keep bringing him up because we live together and the panini is still going on. So we're like the only people we really see. Um, so of course he comes up a lot, but um, I kept asking him during this, like the worst days, I kept asking him, like, why do you even like me? Like, why, why? I feel like I'm just so worthless right now. And like, I was just being so hard on myself. And he would say the kindest, most loving things. And I also feel like I was looking for like, validation on like, why I should even keep going. It was complicated, but I'm feeling better now. I feel likable. I feel like I'm reconnecting with my purpose. I'm reconnecting with myself. And, you know, as I say on my tarot channel, sometimes whenever we see butterflies, they are a metaphor. And I love the metaphor of the butterfly because we are the caterpillar first. Then we go into the cocoon. We literally turn into goo and then you emerge a butterfly. And I've said this before too. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast though, that butterflies don't even fly. <laughs> If you like help them out of their cocoon, they won't fly because getting out of the cocoon builds their wing strength. So like they have to do it on their own. And I really feel like I'm still in the goo right now. Like that is me. I am literally in the goo. I am goo. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the goo still, but I'm working my way out of it and I'm gaining that wing strength now. I think that's where I am now. No, I think I'm still goo. I think I'm still rebuilding from the goo. But eventually I'm going to be working out of that cocoon and then I will fly again and I will rise again. And you will too. Anyways, my loves, I love y'all so much. So, so much. Um, I hope this was helpful to somebody. I felt like I really wanted to talk about it and I needed to share it. And 
hopefully I'll be able to give you an update in the future and see where we're at. But right now I am feeling better and I think that's the best part. So be sure to check out all of the links down below, Instagram, TikTok, Patreon, um, my cash app. If you feel like supporting my endeavors in any way, shape or form, never, or my, my, my cash app Venmo and PayPal, but never feel like you have to, it's not a requirement, but always appreciated. Um, everything down below. Also merchandise. I have merchandise that I like never talk about. So that's down there too. But anyways, I love you all so much and I will talk to you again next Tuesday. All right. I love you. Bye. Oh, also do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. All right. Bye.